0: Hello, 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 everyone. This is the Frankly Daniel Show, and yes, I'm the Daniel in the Frankly part of this enterprise. Once again, it's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Thank you for joining me today. And believe me, it's an honor to be here today with you. Whether you're new to the Frankly Daniels Show or a longtime listener, welcome. And thank you for joining me today. My gosh, my golly, I have so much to, to share with you today. So we're going to get right into the show. Now, I want to talk about Homeland Insecurity today and that robot character that keeps popping up, that Alejandro Mayorkas, the guy that should be impeached, should have been impeached a long time ago but I also want to get in if, if we have time. I want to talk about that speech Joe Biden gave about us white supremacists at Howard University's commencement last Sunday. And I most certainly, I mean, I really wish to vent about the 6.5 million illegal alien migrants and what they're doing in our country. And I want to talk about the 6.5 million that are right behind them, and they are coming in as well. But before I get Too far down the road. Let, Let me first honor our forefathers for including the First Amendment to our Constitution. Yeah, the amendment about speech. For without it, my voice would be silent today and every day thereafter. Secondly, allow me to thank Malcolm, the founding father of America Out Loud, for allowing me every week, week in and week out, to speak my mind and tell you what I see and understand without censorship or any corruption. Thank you, Malcolm. When I think of modern-day patriots, you're top of mind. Thirdly, the opinions I express freely here every week are mine and mine alone. I am peacefully protesting here on America Out Loud and on my Twitter, Getter, and Truth Social accounts. Now, My handle on all three of these platforms is DFB Harvard. Daniel Francis Baranowski, DFB, Harvard, all one word. Now, I suppose by now that you know that Joe Biden has invited nearly 7 million strangers into our homeland. And there's another close to 7 million prime to be let into the United States in the next couple of years. And it's time, I think, to stand up and say, enough already. This has grave consequences for our country. And I think we're beginning to realize that but in a very strange way because it's blowing up in all the blue cities that have declared themselves sanctuary cities. And I want to cover that today because I think it's a very powerful explosion that's resonating and it's only going to feed off itself because we can't figure out what to do with these people. Now, I don't remember Joe Biden asking America, he certainly didn't ask me, if I wanted to host 13 or 14 million in essence, illegal migrant aliens to come live with us and off of our generosity. I mean, did he ask you? If Joe Biden appeared at my doorstep today, or any day, he'd first have to have the code to get into the gated community, but I suppose the Secret Service could deal with that. The first and probably only thing I would say to him would be, knock it off, Joe. Stop it all now. Not one more needy, fraudulent migrant. And Joe... Go collect all those millions of migrants that you have so sinisterly sprinkled over the 49 continental states. Yes, Joe, each and every one of them, because I want you to send them back. We know your open borders policies might gain you a certain prize in Stockholm, Sweden, but I'd forget about that if I were you, Joe. And if you got that kind of award, it would be just like all those Pulitzer's that the New York Times and the Washington Post celebrated. That's just some 20-some Pulitzers that were handed out to cover the Russia, Russia, Russia story, which turned out to be pure fiction. All those friends you think that you're collecting because of your generous open border policies, they're, they're collecting you a lot of disdain right here at home as Americans begin to struggle and to cope with the flood of foreigners who have no right to be here. And you know it. You and your robot secretary of homeland insecurity know that 90% plus of these new burdens placed on American citizens are being admitted under fraudulent pretenses. And I'm going to show you about that today, Joe, so I hope you're listening. You didn't think we'd discover just what lies belie your disingenuous open arms, open borders charade was all about. And And you know this, Joe, you know it, there is not one good reason why all these migrants are here in America, other than these migrants believe you, Joe, you, you invited them here. I don't know if you know this, Joe, but I'm going to share this with you. In April of 2023, just last month, the inflow of illegals into the country is 87 times as many as were admitted by President Donald Trump in April of 2020, 87 times as many. You must be proud or out of your mind altogether. Your deputies have allowed a quarter million migrants in April, 256,000 or roughly, now pay attention to this, or roughly two migrants for every three U.S. births in April Speak about the replacement theory. Oh, you don't like the replacement theory? Tucker Carlson spoke often about this scheme of yours as the replacement theory conspiracy. Every time that Tucker mentioned it, I think that over at the New York Times and the Washington Post, they they had nearly spontaneous aortic aneurysms that burst and there was just blood everywhere because they just, they can't handle it. And it is just that, Joe. It really is a replacement theory, isn't it? Why don't you just fess up? How very un-American of you, Joe, to sell out our citizens in favor of packing the nation with people who will enter and remain dependent on Democrat big government to feed, to house, to clothe them, to heal them and transport them when they need to go places. Now, we all know that Democrats bristle whenever a conservative speaks about replacement theory and illegal alien migrants. Because they're all here because they're fleeing for their lives. They're all persecuted. We know that, and they just want a better life, as does about 8 million other other people who want a better life because they're coming from 160 different countries. So uh, these are the people who've declared that they want a better life. So uh, where do we draw the line, Joe? Is 50 million, uh, too many? Should should we match our weight and go all three hundred and thirty million? Should we like double our population? How's that working out in all these blue cities, all these blue sanctuary cities? Have you been paying attention to any of the local news? I'm going to play some clips, Joe. You're going to be, you're not going to be very happy. And the one thing all these clips do is they all talk about the problem coming to rest in their backyards. You know the old "not in my backyard," but it's in their backyards, it's in their front yards, it's in the side. Li- they're on the roofs. They're everywhere. New York City's got a little over forty-seven thousand people. They don't know what to do with, and they've already matched fifty percent of all the hotels in New York City are cram packed with aliens who are going nowhere, who don't have a penny. Even if you made it a, a work legal, where are forty-seven? thousand people in new york with no english they have very few skills they're undereducated and if their mothers have come with three children they're not available to do any of that we're just taking this all on you are a very sneaky guy joe you really are i suppose you whisper this stuff all the time and no one can figure it out you know what i'm saying but isn't the replacement theory exactly what's going on joe that our identity as constitutionally and culturally english speaking americans is being erased by non english speaking folks who are undereducated, underskilled and penniless who are coming here for an economic upgrade and not for the thrill and honor of someday actually being a patriotic american citizen i don't think there's any evidence of that And I'll show you exactly why that is, because these people who were supposedly coming from the Venezuelas and the Nicaraguas and the Cubas, they left those countries years ago and have been living in other places in Latin America for years. Settled, everything else. But now all of a sudden, because you've opened the doors, they're fleeing Venezuela when they're really coming from Ecuador or Colombia or Panama. What a joke you're playing on us, Joe. Because I think you know these things, but you're just not telling us. But I've got the goods on you, Joe. They time their pregnancies, by the way, to deliver. I'm talking about the migrants. And I have this on good authority. They they time their pregnancies to deliver just weeks after crossing the border so these new lives will be naturally born Americans, ensuring the child's future home country, but also the mothers and likely the fathers and other siblings as we do this chain migration. And before you know it, their aunts and uncles will have to come over to the country and we'll have more penniless, undereducated, non-English speaking people to deal with. Now the following quote is from Todd Burnsman's new book entitled, and I love this title, Overrun. How Joe Biden unleashed the greatest border crisis in the U.S. history, and that's a fact, Jack. Now, the following quote is from a nurse practitioner, and I know I know a lot of nurse practitioners, by the way, and a lot of them that serve as midwives and and do prenatal care, postnatal care. This one, her name is Diane Edrington. She's a 24-year veteran health care provider to U.S.-bound immigrants in Panama and indigenous tribes. So what did R.N. Diane have to say? Well, quote, here it is, quote, they understand that if they were pregnant by seven months, by the time they got to the border, they would be allowed to go through. They would, pa- In other words, they would pass. They would be allowed to come into the country. Back to the quote, I was told... They would get pregnant just for that reason. Everyone knew that this is the way to do it now. Let's get pregnant and we can get through. That's a free pass to get across. That's common knowledge. End quote. Yes, penniless. They have every expectation that you and I, assuming you're a federal and state taxpayer, will be paying for their shelter, food, health care, education, transportation, and a lot of other things, for as long as it takes. In other words, it's undefined. It could be indefinitely. But there's the rub. Just like Joe Biden says about his commitment to support the Ukrainians in their merciless and deadly war against the Russians, we will continue to pay billions upon billions of taxpayer funds to the Ukraine for as long as it takes. But like we Immigration that, as long as it takes, just remains undefined. It is the same with illegal immigration. Did you think that adding six point five or seven million unvetted, or at best undervetted, foreigners to our permanent visitor logs wasn't going to cost us a thing? There wasn't going to be any inconvenience. After all, we have a big country. We're very charitable. And everybody deserves a chance at a better life. I mean, that's that's the slogan, really, of the Democratic Party. As long as you depend on big government, we're there for you. Be sure to vote for us. There's another silly piece of trivia about illegal immigration. Each year, the United States hands out well over a half million visas for work, business, education, etc. Homeland Security continues to hide How many of these visitors overstay their visas and somehow convert into illegal alien residents? Now, this used to be the largest group of illegals in the country. Now now they're but a a drop in the proverbial bucket. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, more commonly referred to ICE, used to track these overstays. They used to track them down and see that they found their way back to their countries. But Joe, your Mr. Alejandro Mayorkas has gutted ICE. It's so tremendously understaffed, and there aren't even enough of ICE agents to track down the heinous alien criminals loose in the country and deport them. It's bad enough that you've invited 7 million foreigners to come stay with us. But why do we have to shelter them, feed them, pay their medical expenses and transportation expenses, put their kids in our schools, now, all of a sudden, there's 14 new kids in a class of 18. What are teachers supposed to do? You know, teachers are leaving in, in, in flocks by themselves. They, they, they can't put up with the crap. Excuse me, the, I don't know, there's, there's probably another word for crap, but I'm just going to go with crap for now. They can't put up with the crap that's coming out of, a, you know, very woke administrations. There's no discipline in schools. You can't discipline anybody, for heaven's sakes. But back to the back to the subject. I mean, I I suppose what is one to expect when these migrants have found a way to pay the Mexican car- cartels upware of ten to eighteen thousand dollars each, you know, for the privilege of being mistreated on their journey across Mexico, just so that they have an unguaranteed opportunity to sneak across the border and be captured by an agent and then given a cell phone and released into the country with a bus ticket or whatever. Yep, they're broke. They, they don't have any money. We are indirectly paying the Mexican cartels through reimbursing 6.5 or 7 million migrants with housing and food and health care and transportation vouchers uh, and anything else. They've spent all their money, and we're putting... We're putting them up for as long as it takes, I guess, as long as it takes. Now, given that 7 million is more people than the population of 34 states, just where are all these migrants going to go? Where are they going to go? Are they going to go on all that land that you're reserving for all those solar farms that you're you're, you're sucking up everywhere? Are they going to go on these lands that the Chinese have been buying up left and right that you haven't gotten on top of? Uh, are they going to go where those windmills are, you know, that you're putting up everywhere? That's not a good idea. Those those things are killing whales. You don't certainly want them killing immigrants. One of Joe Biden's biggest mistakes is that neither he nor we have any say in where these free-to-room migrants are going to settle in our America. Now, Eric Adams, the current mayor of New York City, and Lori Lightfoot, the immediate former Mayor of Chicago, had this to say about where migrants should go and who is criminally responsible for sending these wayward migrants to their metropolitan areas.
1: No, this is a, this is going to take a national coordination and it should be handled at the border. Should be handled at the border. And ensure when people come in, number one, they should be allowed to go to the destination that they desire and not just incentivize to go to New York, Washington, or Chicago, as it currently is being uh, put in place. And then we should ensure that the entire country absorbs uh, this influx of asylum seekers, so that we're not leaning on three cities in the northern part of the country. That is the role of the national government.
0: I repeat, 50% of all New York City hotels are stuffed, and I mean overcapacity with migrants. The city is footing the entire bill for room rents starting at $300 per night, and New York City is paying out a little over $5 million a day in room rents for some 47,000 migrants. And there's no end in sight for when this will end where does the mayor think these freeloading migrants are going to go? These migrants are already free to roam the country and go anywhere they please. So why are some of those who came to New York months ago still there in the same hotel spaces? I don't know, mayor, but perhaps you should ask some of them to leave so they could make room for more migrants coming to New York City. Now, mayor, you say that The destination for these migrants, they should be handled at the border. Pray tell, what do you expect the Border Patrol to do at the border to direct these migrants to locations other than where you're at or other big blue Democrat-controlled sanctuary cities? Should they all remain in Texas and Arizona? I'm sure you would prefer that, but I think things are getting a little crowded there You say these migrants should be allowed to go to the destinations they desire. Hello, hello. This is exactly the problem now. They are going to the destinations they desire. So lose the delusion that anyone is forcing migrants to travel to New York City. Your wish has been fulfilled. They want to be in your city. So as summer approaches, for the rest of us, I think you should forget New York City As the summer vacation stop, you just might have a hard time getting a hotel room. Now, please remember that you've heard it here. Joe Biden has invited 6.5 million to 7 million mostly illegal alien migrants to not only come into the United States, but to go anywhere they wish. Now, at first, this sounds fine. You know, freedom is wonderful. These migrants allegedly fleeing climate change political, and religious persecutions who are all fleeing for their very lives, yes, I am being sarcastic. They're free to roam the nation. But what the Biden administration hasn't figured out yet is that as they allow another six or seven million into the country, somewhere totaling around 13 or 14 million, this massive population is one that no one has any control over as to where they go. They're like a swarm, and they will create an instantaneous vacuum of needs wherever they land. Now, the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, and the DOJ, they have no control over them. These federal agencies are of no help either in housing, feeding, clothing, or tending to the long-neglected medical needs of this population. Joe Biden has created a freewheeling population who will go and do whatever they want, and we really have no force, short of the military, to stop them. Now wait six months. Once these migrants get organized with their activists, and there are plenty of activists here in the country that are going to organize these people, watch them demand concessions from Congress and the White House and every local community they park their butts in. Just as Joe Biden always says, just watch him. Well, Joe, just watch them. They're got for better living conditions. Well, of course, they are less crowded schools for their children, more welfare support and high food subsidies. And they're already demanding and acting out as entitled. After all, they paid good money to the cartels to get here. And besides, Joe, you invited them. Is this any way to treat permanent guests? Access to better and more timely medical care is what they want. Go ahead and laugh now. But how would you handle 14 million new alien residents? Nobody has really spoken to this. But now you've got the blue cities... They're all, all up in arms about it, as if it's somebody's fault. They would have blame the MAGA Republicans, but you know what? The MAGA Republicans have got a darn thing to do with it. And if you think that it's, it's Governor Abbott, who's the boogeyman in all of this, think again. These people voluntarily get on those buses. This is a nightmare happening now, and it's only going to get more convoluted with time, and time is running out. And I just happen to think that it's a damn good reason and time to impeach Mayorkas now and start the same treatment of Biden right thereafter. As well, we will discover in today's Frankly Daniel show, the problem of not in my backyard is an immense problem because those screaming, not in my backyard, the loudest are the blue sanctuary cities and states. Oh yeah, isn't that hilarious? We're going to hear much more from Mayor Adams in a minute or two, but here's former Chicago Mayor uh, Lori uh, Deadfoot.
2: Next week,
3: that's that COVID era policy that allowed the border authorities to quickly expel certain migrants. Gonzalez's comments come as Chicago's outgoing mayor, Lori Lightfoot, who you just heard from, is now urging Texas Governor Greg Abbott to stop sending busloads of migrants to her city of Chicago. Lightfoot yesterday wrote in a letter to him saying, quote, Your lack of consideration or coordination in an attempt to cause chaos and score political points has resulted in a critical tipping point in our ability to receive individuals and families in a safe, orderly, and dignified way. Mayor Lightfoot is back here at the table with us, also joining our conversation on immigration and other key issues. in senior political commentator and former Republican congressman from Illinois, Adam Kinzinger, thank you both. Uh, two questions for you on, on this letter. One, have you heard anything? No, from- we have not heard anything back and
4: Frankly, I didn't expect to hear anything back, but I felt like it was important to once again try to engage the governor, but also let him know what his policies and practices are doing in cities like Chicago. We are completely tapped out. We have no more space, no more resources. And frankly, we're already in a surge. We've been seeing over the last week two to three, 200 plus people coming to Chicago every single day we call them walk-ins because they're not coming on buses but they are coming on planes from San Antonio and we're very concerned because they don't seem like they're getting screened at the border we've seen people coming with serious medical issues
0: i really don't i really don't understand this clip lori says that, that these people are walk-ins most of them are walk-ins to chicago but somehow she's blaming Abbott, do you, think, do you think that these people are walking all the way from Texas to Chicago? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, she must be dying also to know she lost to this clown who is the new mayor of Chicago. She thought she was plenty outrageous and radically as left as it gets. Uh, but not so. Brandon Johnson is as close to a neo-Marxist as they come. And by the way, did you hear Lightfoot mention that migrants are flying into Chicago? Governor Abbott doesn't fly migrants to sanctuary cities. He uses buses. Quite frankly, I think you have the wrong boogeyman. Abbott isn't single-handedly destroying Chicago. The Border Patrol isn't screening migrants for medical issues. Hello, that's a fact, Jack. We have no idea what communicable diseases these people are carrying into the country. We have no information on their vaccination records through childhood or anything else. Even screening for COVID under Title 42 never happened. That was just a way to turn people around.
3: So I think it's very important for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist and are present
0: Excuse me, but what are you talking about?
3: It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is
0: time for us to... Take a break. A very short break. And then it's time to come right back, because every day it's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time. To come back in here so hit the head hit the fridge and hurry right back you know you're loved here on the frankly daniels show and i'm not kidding the pandemic may
2: be over for some but millions of americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from covid 19 and the vaccines fortunately dr peter mccullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula With the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so
1: you can feel your very best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next.
2: Out loud.
0: We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniels Show. How about a quick look at the terror watch list? I'm sure you pay pretty close attention to this. The terror watch list went up 10 this past week. I think we're at 98 now again. In 2018, under Trump, there were six people captured that were on the terror watch list. 2019, zero. Zero people allegedly came across the border. We had much better coverage of the border at that time in 2019. But nobody showed up on the terror watch list. In 2020, there were three. Three. 2021 of which, you know, Trump only had like a small slice of 2021. 15 under Biden. 2022, 98. And we're in 2023. 98 now. And Biden has four and a half months to go to the end of the federal fiscal year. How about that? What do you think is going on? Now, Brandon Judge, who is the president of the Border Patrol Union, did some uh, calculations for us. And and these are averages. The average of the Obama and Trump years together, those 12 years. On average, there were 1,214 arrests daily. And they calculated 339 gotaways daily. Now, under the Biden administration, we have an an average of 5,800 arrests as compared to 1,200. And in the gotaway category, 1,873 compared to that 339. Pretty big difference, huh? Uh, Let's listen to a few more audio clips from our sanctuary cities.
3: It is insulting that you would consider such action about a forgotten community that none of you live in. Developing tonight, outbursts and outrage at a community meeting in South Shore over a housing plan for migrants.
0: The debate comes as the city deals with a crisis of where to put migrants bust in from the border.
3: Elizabeth Matthews is live now with more. Elizabeth pouring down contentious to say the least. This forum was a chance for city leaders to get input from the public about the old South Shore High School housing migrants. The city got their input. A packed house at the South Shore International College Prep High School. The crowd voicing their opinion, strongly opposing the addition of migrants in their community. I am just outraged. I'm outraged and I don't understand why our community was chosen. City representatives saying the old South Shore High School would not be a shelter, but one of three respite centers for the migrants to temporarily sleep, eat, and take a shower, starting with about 250 people taking up the building's first floor. This is a way for the city to get the current 300 migrants out of the police stations. Questions were asked, but answers hard to hear interrupted by the upset crowd. Before the meeting, a small protest of South Shore neighbors demanding the energy put into the migrant issue be put into their neighborhoods. It is a slap in the face that we as citizens of the United States of America do not have the resources and support, but you're going to bring people who are not citizens here in our community in our buildings that we pay taxes for that you took away from us that is completely unacceptable we are in a humanitarian crisis right now the black people in chicago are bleeding on the streets mayor-elect brandon johnson had this to say about the migrant crisis
1: we have a responsibility to make sure that families who are seeking love and support here in the city of chicago and throughout the state of illinois that they are not just welcome, but they are service.
3: So is this a done deal? A spokesperson for Mayor Lori Lightfoot's office says this is a possible solution, but still a fluid situation. Reporting live tonight, Elizabeth Matthews, Fox 32, Chicago.
0: Uh, what did you think of that one? Now take notice, Black Lives Matter. If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Don't forget about that saying, that's Joe Biden for you. He thinks more of the migrants than he's thinking of Black Lives Matter. You're going to get a kick out of this next. This is about Kathy Hochul in New York as the governor. Just listen to this one. I'll comment on the other end.
4: But the governor is absolutely appalled. They're now barcoding immigrants to keep track of them. These are human beings. No one deserves to be treated like an animal. Governor Kathy Hochul expressing dismay and outrage at the startling video obtained by CBS 2 showing a group of asylum seekers getting off the bus from Texas yesterday, sporting barcoded wristbands. Wristbands put on them in Texas, then cut off as they disembarked at the Port Authority bus terminal, reportedly by security workers hired by Texas Governor Greg Abbott. She agrees with City Immigration Commissioner Manuel Castro.
5: Governor Abbott is barcoding people and treating them as less inhuman as if they were cattle. It appears to us that uh, asylum seekers are being uh, asked to wear these bracelets with these barcodes to intimidate them, to scare them into remaining in these buses until uh, they arrive in New York City.
4: While Texas officials insist they are continuing the barcoding program, the wristbands weren't immediately visible on the new arrivals today. City officials say they think they are being cut off before the new arrivals disembark at the port authority bus terminal to avoid the uproar you should not be using human beings as political pawns. In an exclusive interview to mark her first year in office, Governor Hochul told me she's been talking to federal homeland security officials to get money to assist Mayor Adams in providing food, shelter, and clothing for the migrants. We actually found another pot of money that we think can be deployed to help the situation when they arrive. There is some federal money. There's another source of money that I've identified. The governor says she's also working with the feds to help get the migrants jobs. I put in a request for there to be some sort of possibly executive action that allows individuals who come here to have the ability to at least get a, a temporary work permit. And we have thousands of jobs here, not just in the city, but all over New York, uh, where people just can become participating members of society very quickly, even while they're waiting their legal determination. Well, so far, the flow of buses from Texas shows no signs of abating.
0: Well, how'd you like those big apples? Isn't that just hilarious? You know, these armbands, people had armbands on the bus so they could identify which bus they were with, who they were. They don't have any ID, basically. And they're just wristbands like you get when you go into the hospital. You know, with my leukemia, I'm in the hospital all the time the infusion center i mean all the time and they put these wristbands on me and they put one on for what i'm allergic to for the medication i'm receiving for who i am for you know how many whatever i mean i got like got i got a whole armful of these wristbands and i gotta remember to ask them to cut them off before i leave the hospital because otherwise it looks like i've escaped from someplace but this is what they're all this is all they could find to be upset about is these people are being treated as animals because they have these wristbands on. Oh, my gosh. You know, for a free bus ride to New York, give me a break already. Here's the newscast out of Denver just before Christmas 2022. They hardly have any immigrants in uh, the city at the moment. But just listen to the distress. They've already called a state of emergency. Back then, they only had 800 immigrants in the Mile High City.
3: Hundreds of undocumented migrants came. The city of Denver has issued an emergency declaration after hundreds of undocumented migrants came to the Mile High City unexpectedly. The recent migrant influx putting a massive strain on the city's resources at a cost of more than $800,000. Denver's mayor, Michael Hancock, joins us live. Mayor, thank you so much for being here with us. Um, Any indication as to why this surge has suddenly impacted Denver specifically?
1: We don't know. And, Nicole, let me just first say to you, happy holidays and thanks for having me. Uh, what we've been told by the um, migrants that have come to Denver is that they were not, they were not formally organized. They did this informally with the, between themselves through uh, text messaging and social media. And uh, it was suggested by an NGO on the ground or in the NGOs on the ground looking after their welfare that Denver might be a good place to visit. That's all we've been told.
3: That's I even talking. Okay, I want to talk a little bit more about that, but first, really, what's the top priority that you need on the ground right now? What what's the one resource?
1: Staffing or volunteers and space. Uh, we have had to take two of our largest and most highly utilized recreation centers offline to provide for shelter, and then one rec center um, that is a quite quite popular rec center for the risk reception center. So that's critically important. And right now, for the most part, it's city employees who are covering the shifts uh, at the shelter centers, making sure that the migrants and asylum seekers have everything they need. So we're in dire need of uh, volunteers to help staff the facilities. And so we put out a clearing call. But I gotta tell you, had it not been for some of the NGOs here in Denver, our nonprofit partners and faith uh, organizations, our city would have been certainly uh, at the brink, if not have broken in terms of trying to provide services because we have seen as many as 800 people come to our city uh, since uh, December the 9th, when we actually started tracking them
0: mm-hmm. as
1: part of the uh, Emergency Operations Center.
0: To update Denver, they now have so many migrants in that city, There's no longer a mile-high city. It has sunk that low. Here's one last one from Washington, D.C.
3: More buses of migrants arrived in our backyard, and more are expected in the coming days and weeks.
0: Yeah, let's bring in our Rafael Sanchez
5: Cruz. And, Rafael, we know these buses have been coming into D.C. for a while now, so are DC leaders doing anything differently considering more buses might be coming? Yeah, we're hearing that they're not doing anything new, really. Mayor Muriel Bowser's office says they're continuing with the same plan for migrants that arrived in the district. They're welcoming asylum seekers when buses arrive, providing basic needs like food and emergency medical attention, as well as temporary housing. But just three days ago, Mayor Muriel Bowser said the hotels that are serving as migrant shelters are at capacity. I just got back from a hotel northeast where I counted at least 20 families will children that have been turned away from the hotel. I spoke to a who arrived in DC two days ago with his 11 year old daughter. He says he was told there was no availability. He came to the district to be reunited with his family, but has no place to stay. Last night they had to sleep in a borrowed car. I was expecting some help, some support to just have a better quality of life and to have a better life for my daughter that I brought from Venezuela. We went through a lot to get here and just thought we would get some help, at least a room and an opportunity for a better education for her. I asked Angel if he regretted coming to D.C. and he said no because the persecution in his native Venezuela is far worse than any challenges, any challenges here.
0: Well, after listening, to really scores of these local broadcasts from sanctuary cities across the nation, It, it was at least clear to me that Homeland Security just released millions of migrants to travel anywhere they wished, and sometimes they even assisted them. And this isn't as any surprise that many of them went directly to big blue cities. Homeland had no plan to help these cities. They didn't even give them notice when they themselves were transporting large groups of migrants to New York, Denver, uh, through contracted flights. Uh, Joe Biden's Homeland Security had one job and one job only, pack and stuff the migrants into America ASAP. Now, whatever happened after that is somebody else's problems. Crime, litter, illness, costs, loitering. Oh, you know, not our problem. But I found an amazing video uncovering the fraud that's occurring among migrants from Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Haiti. And I've also heard this about other countries in South and and, uh, Central America, same phenomena. The majority of migrants originally from these locations, Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua, Haiti, even Honduras and Guatemala, are not coming from these countries when they come to the U.S. Instead, they left their home countries years ago, and resettled in Colombia, Costa Rica, Ecuador, and places like that. But they show up here and claim asylum, fearing to go back to Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua, Haiti, some of these other places, and they haven't even been living there for several years. As I've said, many many have been settled and peacefully living and, and productively living in other Spanish-speaking nations for, for years, some for decades. Now, they've been granted immigration status and are in complete compliance with all the laws in these alternative nations so they've been accepted as residents in these other nations so then you have to ask the question what are they doing showing up at our border why would someone who has meaningful employment a house an ample income friends a family uh stay in ecuador and pick up and pay the cartels as much as $10,000 to cross into America. I mean, why would you do that? Or to apply on Homeland Security's computer app and enter at a port of entry to the United States with really n- no, no uh, vetting whatsoever. Wh- why? This makes a mockery of Joe Biden's humanitarian outreach to save migrants from climate change and other social and economic ills of their native countries. Now, I, I I was going to hold these audio clips produced by Todd uh, Benzman of the Center of Immigration Studies until later in the show, but I, I just have to get to them now. Todd is a longtime student of immigration, and you should look up his resume. It's quite extensive. He knows what he's talking about. His recent uh, published book, as I've already told you, Overrun How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in History is an incredible book about all the evils associated with illegal immigration over the past 20 years. Todd is going to talk us through the fraud committed by Venezuelans in this particular exposé. But understand, it isn't just Venezuelans who are relocating from other democracies other than their home country. This is, this is disingenuous Uh, Mayorkas always says, we've had to see this remarkable uh, migration uh, uh, in our hemisphere. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are moving from countries they moved to years ago and are safe coming our way because you invited them. Yes, Once Joe Biden opened the border and promised all the resources of a welfare state, the temptation was just too good. Venezuelans
2: have become one of the highest volume immigrant nationalities crossing the American southern border during the historic mass migration crisis, now in its third year. DHS border officers have encountered 297,500 from fiscal 2021 through now, 61,000 in the first half of fiscal year 2023. They're streaming in even still, Either to turn themselves in over to Border Patrol for processing in on humanitarian permits or applying for the permit on the CBP-1 app. Almost all Venezuelans have or will be let into America on just the presumption that they can't go back to Venezuela's wrecked economy and political dictatorship. That they absolutely need humanitarian protection from terrible sufferings and political persecutions back home in Venezuela and just can't be returned.
0: Just to interject, we're well over 450,000 Venezuelans here in the country now since this all started in 2021.
2: But mass fraud appears to undergird these tens of thousands of border entries because large numbers coming now haven't lived in Venezuela in many years. Based on Center for Immigration Studies interviews with Venezuelans over two years, many using the humanitarian claim are not coming directly from Venezuela. They were living happily, comfortably, and often very prosperously in third other countries for years at a time. Pretty interesting, huh? Take this Venezuelan woman who came to as Mexico to apply for pre-approval humanitarian parole through a U.S. government app called CBP-1, and she just got her ticket punched. Under questioning, she admitted she hadn't lived in Venezuela in seven years, but rather in Ecuador, quite happily, and even prosperously as manager of a Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurant in Quito. So why did she leave her beloved adopted country at this particular time and claim successfully just south of the American border, that she now needed humanitarian protection because, she explained, the Americans are letting Venezuelans in on CBP-1 humanitarian applications, including just recently her boyfriend, an easy economic upgrade to an even better American lifestyle.
0: Are you beginning to feel like a chump, like you've been played already? Wait till you hear what's coming next.
2: Lying on federal immigration forms or to federal immigration officers can be charged as serious felonies under a cocktail of different codes, like 18 U.S. Code 1001 or 18 U.S. Code 1546 and others. This woman is among an estimated 7 million Venezuelans who fled to neighboring South American countries many years ago now when the regime of Nicolas Maduro built a kleptocracy that oversaw the ruination of Venezuela's economy years ago. According to the United Nations, the huge diaspora lives in some 17 different countries of South America and in the Caribbean. The greatest number in Colombia, where the government is not at all known for persecuting Venezuelans, instead allowed them to build productive, comfortable lives working and owning businesses. Certainly, few felt any need to rush the American border during the years of President Trump. For one thing, because they well knew they'd end up deported and stuck in Mexico under his return to Mexico policy, which forced them to wait their asylum claims there. That was a policy that strongly deterred them. But the Biden government immediately started admitting Venezuelans right at the southern border in January 2021 and word about the open gates spread fast to the vast Venezuelan diaspora in all those South American countries. A great many are just like this young man last year who'd arrived in the far Southern Mexican city of Tapachula after living for years in Medellin, Colombia, attending college. He only came now because he heard the Biden administration was letting Venezuelans in at the border if they claim political persecution back home in Venezuela where he hasn't lived since childhood. Another enticement this young man mentioned was that the Biden government had just granted hundreds of thousands of Venezuelans already in the U.S. Temporary Protection Status, TPS, ending any possibility of deportation and authorizing all of them for work permits and American welfare benefits. Highly alluring to those in South America looking for a lifestyle and economic upgrade.
0: There's one short clip to go,
2: hold on. His reasons for coming now had nothing to do with persecution or any need of the humanitarian permit for which he was fraudulently applying now in Juarez. Nothing about political persecution either. The only reasons he and dozens of other Venezuelans gave for coming had only to do with a recent Biden government acknowledgement that 99% of every applicant for CBP humanitarian entry permits got approved. Undoubtedly, he will claim persecution once he is in.
0: For the record, there's pretty close to 7 million Venezuelans that fled Venezuela some five years ago. That gives you an idea of how big this population could get here in the United States. And this is just Venezuelans. It doesn't include all the other countries from Central and South America that are really doing exactly the same thing, relocating from third countries. As a matter of complete disclosure, I cut out all the Spanish-speaking interviews, and there were quite a few in this video because they just weren't germane to my particular audience, assuming that most of you don't speak Spanish. But you can find these in the original video and many others at the Center for Immigration Studies. Once again, I come back to the core question. What is the purpose of immigration? Why do we allow foreigners to move into the United States and eventually force amnesty and then citizenship? Wouldn't you like to know why of all times that were just post the COVID-19 pandemic that the Biden administration did a reprehensible job in managing yet we're opening our borders, while we're still in the throes of historic inflation, while we're still seeing increased banking troubles, while the interest rates are skyrocketing, making mortgages and car loans difficult, while the Biden administration, while the Biden administration is chasing unrealistic and totally unnecessary air pollution goals in worship of climate change, while Democrats are set on cultural and spiritual and social and economic and racial divisiveness and group warfare, while American parents are distraught with the learning loss experienced by their children because of teacher unions, ordered school shutdowns, while we're spending billions and billions of taxpayer dollars in Ukraine for the explicit purpose of degrading the Russian military, yes, and so much more. And so I'm asking, why? Why now? There's only one reasonable answer to why now and why this. It's because the Democrats are in charge. I mean politically and administratively in charge of immigration. And they're running to daylight to stuff as many dependent migrants into America as they possibly can. You ask, why dependents? If you check back to my recent Frankly Daniels shows and articles on the America Out Loud Network, you will find... That I have said several times that Democrats did this to us, flooded our nation with millions of basically undereducated, underskilled, penniless, non-English speaking people in order to increase the proportion of the population dependent on a large Democrat controlled government. Don't take my word for it. Take Victor Davis Hanson's word, if you will. This is Victor responding to a question on Hannity's show. And so put it in that context that he's addressing. Uh, Sean's question in 2019 we let in 1 million legal immigrants more than any other country in the world but that was not enough for the left and they didn't want a background check they didn't want people coming in necessarily with educational skills income potential they wanted a dependent constituency because that fueled what they thought was a great society entitlement program and that would bring future constituents eventually would be voting for them. And they don't feel they have confidence with the existing demographics in this country. So it was delivered. Everybody knows it was deliberate. Embarrassed, but we, privately they're not embarrassed. They're saying, you know what, we pulled it off. We got a record number of illegal entries that nobody's ever done before. And now even if they make us stop a little bit, and they won't, we still pulled it off. The Democrats' total power is based on two key variables. The first is creating chaos, and you can see that in everything that's going on in the country. They do this so that loyalties and traditional relationships are strained to the maximum, hopefully fracturing them beyond any repair. And you've seen this with your family, your neighbors, or anybody else that you talk to about politics, even if you hint at it. This allows Democrats to reinforce and leverage human biases. The second necessary ingredient to the Democratic Party is population dependency. Democrats are the party of student loan forgiveness, of generous union contracts, of black people's reparations, of critical race theory, of LGBTQI plus support and recognition, of social and economic welfare, and you know the rest. My gosh, the time has just flown by. Thank you for joining me today. I really enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. Stay tuned to what's happening in sanctuary cities. It's only going to get worse, and you're going to be hearing more blame on Texas, on Abbott, and everybody but President Biden and his goofy secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas. You've been listening to The Frankly Daniels Show. God bless, and until next week.